the journey and its adventures. And we are, we're going to look today at the whole idea of the journey and its adventures, the God journey, the adventure of knowing God. I wrote this a couple, I guess it was almost a month ago. Knowing God is the main storyline of the journey, and it is the greatest of adventures. So think about this just for a second. Knowing God is the main storyline of the journey, and it is the greatest of adventures. Some of you in this room right now would say, you know what, I can remember when I was going through a tough time. Maybe I had lost a job, or maybe I needed a job, or maybe I was going through a tough time with my kids, or maybe I was going through a tough time in my marriage, and and God finally worked all of that out. And you look back on that, and you don't have disdain for that time. You just see it as an adventure. Like, God, you did so much in my heart through that time that that's amazing. Because you kept, God, the main part of your journey. And so we, what we're doing is we're looking at, like, different people in the Bible and, um, and looking at, at their journey and their adventure. And so we're going to spend the next two weeks on Joseph. Uh, Joseph, and, and here's a challenge for you. I dare you to read the entire story of Joseph this week. Don't go buy a book called the story of Joseph. Read it, out, read it out of the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, there's one probably in a chair in front of you, and there's tons at the tent. We don't want anybody leaving without a Bible. If they're free, take them. But read the story of Joseph, the entire story. Because So I wrote this message, and when I was done, I had like 15 points. Not that many. I had a lot. The story of Joseph spans a lot of Scripture. And then I, after I was done writing it last week, I listened to Steve's message. And Steve made the comment, I know you're used to all of Jason's points, but I only have three today. (laughs) Under the bus, dude, it's like, bam, get under the bus. So I have three points today, (laughs) but they are long points, like the campground. (laughs) They're long. So anyway... So, but, but, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at the journey and adventure of Joseph. And, I, you know, every person that's in the Bible, God put them in the Bible for a reason so that we could learn from their journey, from their experience, and pick up maybe some things that will help us on our journey. And so that's what we're going to do with Joseph today. Good? You ready? The Father's favor is always on the journey. Genesis 37, 3, now Israel loved Joseph more than any of of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. The father's favor is always on the journey. Here's the idea behind this point. You may be in a situation, a circumstance today, and you might look at me and go, God has no favor on my life right now. I can tell you this. God's the same. He was yesterday, today, and tomorrow. God's never changing. His love is unconditional. It's agape love. Just because you may be going through something in your life, a circumstance, doesn't mean God's removed his hand from you. It doesn't mean God's removed his favor from you. It just simply means life leaks. Circumstances happen. We go through things. So, so here, here you have now. Here you have Joseph, and then you have his dad has him when he's old, right? And so here, here's what I've learned: the older I get, the more my kids like me. It's just true. It may have something to do with them getting older, also. But, but here, you know, in the last couple of years, I actually know something. It's a miracle. 
And most of that's on my end. And so young fathers in this room right now, yeah, we have to discipline our kids, yeah. But if, if you could fast forward, if I could give you any advice, chill out. Right's right, wrong's wrong, but just chill out. Stop yelling at your kids. I heard somebody say the other day, and I won't say what they said from up here, but they thought their first name was dang it. <laughs> and their last name was their first name. You see what I'm saying? Dang it, Jason. So, so, but, but there's something about growing old that, that kind of mellows you out, and it kind of gives you a different perspective on life. So, so Raina and I got some news about a month ago, and we haven't, we kept it quiet until Friday. We're going to be grandparents. <laughs> Grandma. <laughs> Chelsea's like three months pregnant, and so we're super stoked, super excited. Um, and for all of you social media people, you probably saw that online somewhere. But super stoked. And so for the past 34 days since she told, she told us, and it was really cool how she told us, she gave me and Dylan, her and Chris gave me and Dylan and Raina a card. And they said, okay, and it was the day before our, our ninth anniversary. And so she said, all right, you got to all open these at the same time. And I thought about showing the video today, but it's just too personal. So uh, here, here is, so, you know, Raina's just digging into the card. I'm thinking it's about the anniversary, right? Because they bought me a basket of stuff, and, yeah, and the church anniversary. And so they, they open them at the same time, and Raina rips hers open, and I, I'm slow, so I don't have mine open yet. And so Raina starts going, ah, 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 and I'm like, what is going on? Like, me and Dylan are looking at each other going, what is happening? What's actually? And so I finally get mine open, and I'm like, no way. <laughs> Fun stuff. So for the past 33 days, it's about 33 days, I've been thinking about this baby. I've been thinking, what's it going to look like? What, 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 and I have to call it it because I don't know. But, but like, how is this all going to flesh out in my life? And I have just such a tenderness because when you're raising kids, it's survival mode, Right? Right? I mean, that's what I surmise from raising my kids. Survival. Did you eat once today? Yes, sir. You're good. <laughs> and you're, you're, you're all wound up tight, you know, and you, you, you're, most of, you're just wound up because you've got to make sure that everything works out. And I don't have to do anything but love this kid. I'm so excited about that. Just like, but but here's here's the thing. I think the the older we get, and so now you have you have Joseph's dad. He has him in his old age, and so he's already at this point already raised ten boys, and so he's got a little he's got a little he's got some scars. But there's just something different as you get older, looking at your children, going, you know what? That's probably not such a big deal. I made it a big deal. So Joseph, I'm going to make you a coat of many colors, ornate robe, very expensive robe, and I'm going to love on you because I look back. And, you know, we all, we all blow it as parents, right? If you've never blown it as a parent, I need to talk with you. Actually, I want my kids to talk with you. 
But, but you, you finally reached that point where you can look, you know, my kids, we talk just so honestly with one another and say, you know what, I screwed up there. And they'll say, yeah, you did, Dad. And I'll say something like, well, you were a brat. <laughs> yeah, just, but, so here's the idea. The favor of God is on your journey. There's no father older than God because God knows no time. He was, he is, and he is to come. His love is agape. And so if you're in a situation in your life right now uh, you're, and you don't really understand what's going on, just know the favor of God. If, you're, if you put your faith in Jesus, the favor of God has not left your circumstance. The favor of God is, is on you in this journey. If you're reading your Bible and you're praying and things aren't working out, there's not, you can't, I mean, you've got to work hard, read your Bible, pray, love, and after that, it's kind of like, God, you got to do your deal. You have to do your deal. So, so I just want to bring that up. The, faith, the Father's favor is always on the journey. Number two, the journey is always speaking to the future, and the future is the unknown adventure. Think about this just for a second. Not one of us in this room right now could take out a piece of paper and write down exactly how our day is going to go tomorrow. Can you? You can plan, and you can write down how you hope it's going to go. But you know how life just smacks you in the face some days, right? Out of nowhere. Like, where did that come from? And how boring would it be if you knew what was going to happen in the future? God knows because he's already in the future. He's in the future pulling us to him. Genesis 37, 5 through 11. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. That, that's just not something you want to tell older brothers, <laughs> is it? I mean, you think that's not going to go over well because he's already his dad's favorite. He already has an ornate robe that none of the rest of them have. Can you remember growing up, if you had any siblings whatsoever, whether it was right or wrong, your parents probably didn't even know it, and you had the thought, man, dad likes him more than me. You know, if your dad's here, don't raise your hand. <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, it's just human nature. And so, so here's Joseph. He has this dream, and he looks at his brothers and says, hey, guys, I'm, sta- I'm going to stand upright, and you're going to bow down. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Now, remember the end of the story, which we're going to get to next week. So if, you, if you've never read the story, read it this week. But they bow at the end of the story. And so his brothers don't even know it, and they're prophesying from the dream that, that uh, Joseph just had. So will you actually rule us? Yes. And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. They hated him all the more. So in other words, they already hated him. And I just have to tell you this, especially young people in this room right now, never be ashamed of living for God and having the favor of a God on your life. There will be people at college, there will be people at high school that can't stand you for it. His brothers could not stand that the favor of the Father was on him more than it was on them, but he never, he kept going. So now, he doesn't learn his lesson. So verse 9. Then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, Joseph's not smart. 
Like, leave well enough alone. Listen. Like he's calling a family meeting. Listen. Like, I don't know if he got up and had a cereal first and they came out of the bedroom and said, hey, listen. But he's talking to the whole family now. He said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. So he has a dream about his brothers. They totally come in and just rebuke him. And then he dreams again. Some of us in this room need to hear that. Dream again. Maybe God put something on your heart years ago, and and you took that dream that God put on your heart, and you analyzed it for so long that you finally convinced yourself that it wasn't really God. Maybe you went to people around you that you really respected, and they said, that can't be God. When Raina and I, when, when, when I knew that God was leading us here to plant a church, I started telling people, and the very prominent people in my life said, that's not going to work. You can't, there's no way you can plant a church on the beach. Those people are weird. <laughs> They're not faithful. They don't, and, 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 so, and so there was a time that I actually allowed the, the influence in my own mind say, you know what, they're probably right. And one day, so like Raina's the second Holy Spirit in my life. God is the first and she's like the second. And one day she looked at me and she goes, what are we doing? And I said, what do you mean? She said, when are you going to man up? Your wife, when your wife says that, you're like, ooh. She said, when are you going to man up? We know God's called us to do this. And so I just got to tell you, if you have a dream on your heart, dream again. Because Joseph didn't let his brother's opinion of his first dream keep him from saying, listen, it's about to get better, folks. That's what he's saying. Mom, Dad, let's go. So when he, when, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? Good question. Read the story. So his dad, now his dad, he's the, he's the golden child. He's the favorite. He's got the robe. And so he steps out in faith even more because he believes the dream that God's put on his heart. So now he's dreaming again. And so his dad says, are you telling me that all of us are going to bow down to you? Is that what you're saying right now, son? And keep going. Verse 11. His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Wisdom saw something in Joseph. And so he had this dream put on his heart. See, when you have a dream in your heart and, and you know that God gave it to you, and you know that you know that you know, and you don't allow outside influence to determine your level of belief in the dream that God gave you, then you're not scared to tell anybody. Wow. And, and, and when you have a real dream on your heart, you don't care what people think about you. And hopefully most of us have been delivered for the, from the approval of other people. But here, here you have Joseph, and he's just, he's full on going, yeah, you're going to bow down. I have me another dream. Hey, Dad. Mom, I have me another dream. So now we have God pulling Joseph 
to the future because God was, is, and is to come. So God is already in our future. God knows what our future holds. God has plans and purposes for our life that that we can't even fathom because if he told us what was going to happen in the future, we'd probably get scared and stay at home. Yeah, we wouldn't do anything great for God. So now God's in the future. He gives Joseph a dream. God's already got it set up, what Joseph's going to do in the future, and he's pulling Joseph into the future. Check this out. Here's a little nugget in the story. Joseph says 11 and the sun and moon, right? Well, guess who Joseph's little brother was? He wasn't born yet. Joseph was the youngest when he had this dream. So God is pulling Joseph into the future. Benjamin's not even the picture. And I guess mom and dad or nobody else kind of really understood that because nobody called him out on that. Like, what do you mean, who's, who's the 11th? Like, what, what, what's going on here? And so here's the point. The future is the great adventure. Because we don't, again, how boring would life be if we, we knew what was going to happen? You remember Groundhog Day? Anybody? Come on. Share your love with me. Just Okay. Yeah. Bill, was it Bill Murray? Do you remember how ridiculously funny that movie was? And, and, but it had a great concept because, you know, he knew what was going to happen every day. He kept waking up and repeating the day. I love the part where he, take, he goes downstairs to the bed and breakfast, the hotel he's staying in. He gets the toaster. Y'all remember this? Takes it back up to the bathtub, plugs it in, drops it in the bathtub, and then the alarm goes off again. And he's totally like, I can't deal with this anymore. Please do not repeat this day. How boring would life be? And see, the, the, the future is the great adventure. The future of our children, the future for our marriage, the future of grandkids, <laughs> the future of, like, that's, that's, that's awesome. And as long as God is the main storyline in your journey, it's going to hold adventure like you can't imagine. It's going to hold adventure like you can never imagine. So, the future. So here, the future is reaching back to Joseph. And no matter what anybody else says, Joseph is like, you know what? I had a dream. I had another dream. There you go. I don't know what to tell you about it, but it happened. And so dream again. Dream again. You got something in your heart that God placed on you maybe years ago, and it's kind of faded away. Dream again. Ask him to restore that dream. Ask him to put it, Lord, like stoke the fire, Father. Let your Holy Spirit come in and stir that dream up again so that I don't live a mediocre life. Who wants to live a mediocre life, right? That's no fun. Dreamers. Joseph's a dreamer because in a minute his brothers say, here comes that dreamer. So, so think about dreaming again. Think about going back to some of your old journals or old notes that maybe you made. Think about maybe something God put on your heart at a church service somewhere and say, you know what? God, you called me to do this. You called me to start a nonprofit. You called me to help uh, hopeless, hurting, and needy people. You called me, and I've just kind of been talking about it. Dream again. Dream about doing something amazing while you're on this earth. Third thing. Y'all really didn't think I only had three points, did you? (laughs) I do. The journey sometimes leads to dead ends and disappointments. So here's Joseph. And his dad says, go check on your brothers. This is such a foreshadow of what happens to Jesus. Joseph and David are both foreshadows 
of, of Christ's life. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Now, this has always amazed me because they didn't have binoculars, and they didn't have scopes. So he had to be within, like, what, 200 yards? So it didn't take them long. Like, he's coming towards them, and they're like, let's kill him. Like, there was not even a vote. They saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. At the end of this story, I wonder if any of those brothers remember the statement that they made. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. They couldn't stand him. So, so they plot to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Now, now let's kill him. Now, who's saying this? His brothers. See, because life can lead you into a place where you feel like those that were supposed to protect you and love you have hurt you so bad. Circumstance can lead you to dead ends. Family and friends can lead you to disappointment. The journey sometimes would appear to end in dead ends and disappointment. But we know the rest of the story. We know where this dead end is about to take Joseph. He doesn't. So keep going, Kim. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into the cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. So Reuben's the voice of reason here. So Reuben's plan was to, to wrap back around after they had traveled some more, go back and get Joseph, take Joseph to his father and say, Dad, they were going to kill him, but I brought him back. I need one of those robes. <laughs> so, so Reuben jumps in and is like, this is an amazing story. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe. It's amazing. The first thing they did was take the thing that represented what they hated most, and it was the father's favor. The first thing, the first thing we see, they stripped him of his robe. The ornate robe he was wearing. And they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. And then they order a pizza. Look at that. It's like, and they sat down to eat their meal. Like nobody's even worried about it. Let's just eat. They looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, now Judah's going to get on Reuben's camp here. He says, look, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, <laughs> you talking about dysfunctional family. Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. So now they're actually feeling good about themselves for not killing Joseph. Oh, let's just sell him into slavery. Let's give the guy a break. <laughs> so when the, the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. You want to talk about dead ends and disappointments? Now, when you read the Bible, you've got to put 
Put yourself in the shoes of Joseph. When you read this story this week, put yourself. He just showed up, probably got roughed up a little bit, thrown in a hole. He's in the hole. He's watching his, or watching his brothers eat lunch like they don't even care. Then they say, you know what, let's just sell him. And they don't get very much for him. The, the worth of his life at this point, his self-confidence is pretty low. Now put yourself in his, what allowed the end of this story to turn out like it turns out next week? <coughs> you got Joseph shackled up, sold into slavery, and he's going to a foreign land he's never been to before, a place called Egypt, and here he is. That's a dead end. That's a deal breaker. You want to talk about disappointment when your brothers sell you into, when they sell you out? That's disappointment in life. And some of you may be there today. Maybe some of you are in that place where people have really disappointed you and your life seems like it's at a dead end. Maybe you feel like God has. Here's an awesome thing about Joseph that we can learn is disappointment that looked like a dead end was a gateway to God's adventure for his life. So sometimes we need to change the way we look at things. I don't know how Joseph stayed focused. The only thing I can figure is he had a dream and he dreamed again. And God was so real to him that he knew that he knew that he knew that God's plan for his life was going to come to fruition. See, when, when we lose sight of the fact that we really believe that God's got a plan for our life, we lose sight of our future and we get scared of our future. And we check out. We say, you know what, I'm, I'm just not into this God thing anymore because evidently he's deserted me, and so I'm going to go do whatever I want to do. And what if Joseph would have done that? We would have never read about him again. What if he would have got bitter? I mean, he's in the prison, which we'll get to next week, and he has such compassion on the cupbearer. He looks at him and says, why is your face so downcast? If anybody should have been ticked off at life's circumstance, it was Joseph. Here he is, plowing through. When you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. Keep going. Because if you don't quit, you can't lose. Keep going. And so you're, you're looking at this dead end in Joseph's life and the disappointment that he, he must be feeling at this point. But we know the end of the story. And we know the end of our story, right? We win. We win. Read the last chapter. It works out not to spoil the ending, but it turns out okay. So the, the idea is, if you're here today, you say, you know what, I, I have hit a dead end. I'm disappointed in those that were supposed to love me and take care of me, but they have totally sold me out. Would you remember Joseph today? And remember that he, he held fast to the dream. Jesus Christ doesn't disappoint. God doesn't disappoint. Again, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me tell you what else is not going to disappoint is heaven. And, you know, people don't talk about heaven a lot anymore because if you talk about heaven, you've got to talk about hell. And Lord knows nobody wants to talk about hell because you can't have one without the other. You can't just pick out that part where he, the eyes not seen or ears heard the things he has in store for us. Well, hell's offensive. No, it's hot. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can't, you know, I, I get so kind of, irritated with people who try to write these books or say what heaven's going to look like because the Bible already told us no eye has seen and no ear has heard. Like the Bible's already said 
You can't, don't even try. Don't even try to understand. And so we're either all here wasting our time or we really believe that there's a place called heaven. I believe that. I've given my life to it. And heaven will not disappoint. I mean, all the, all the adventurous things that this world can throw at us and all the things that we think are really cool and all the rides you can ride in an amusement park and all the games you can watch on TV and all the, oh, yeah, yeah, all that is going to, it's not even going to register when we get to heaven. Heaven's not going to disappoint. Only way to get to heaven to spend eternity with God is to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is faithful. He's faithful, and he was faithful, and he didn't disappoint when he could have. He finished the race. So i got a question for you today. Are you in that place where you're disappointed and you feel like spiritually you're at a dead end? You're maybe at a dead end, and, and here, here you are right now at this very moment. You're saying, you know what? I need God to take over my situation. I need God to do something because... Because I'm telling you, a spiritual dead end is not putting your faith in Jesus. And when you do, it will explode the opportunities in your life. Maybe you're at a dead end where you've been just really disgusted with how things are going. And you just need to come back to center and come back to God and say, you know what? I feel like life has thrown me in that pit. And I feel like it's picked me back up. I feel like it's sold me off. And those that love me have hurt me. Can I just tell you today that you, there's peace and there's hope and there's love and there's grace in a relationship with God. And the Bible says the way we have that is through putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Would you bow your head all over this place? Hey, if that's you and you say, you know what? I could use a fresh start. I could, I've not even started my spiritual journey yet. How do I do that, Jason? Well, salvation, peace with God is a faith issue. And when you take the faith, you have to do it. When you take your faith and you put it in Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the true Son of God, and you, you truly believe that He lived a sinless life, He took our death and sin on the cross, and He was placed in the grave, and He rose from the grave on the third day. The Bible says that you're made into a new creation. The old goes away and the new comes. And so every week, every service that we have in this building, we always give people a chance for a fresh start because we believe that. It's in the Bible. We absolutely believe in salvation. But you have to make that choice. You have to put your faith in Jesus. You have to. Nobody can do that for you. You can't get sprinkled. You can't get, nobody can pray a prayer for you. You get to, you get to decide where your faith goes. So maybe that's you. You need a fresh start. You need a new beginning. You're ready to start your spiritual journey. Slip your hand up long enough for me to see it and put it right back down, just like so many people did earlier today. I see your hand. Thanks. Anyone else? I see your hand. Thanks. So I'm, I'm ready to take this leap of faith. Can you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. Do me a favor and go by the tent after service and get a Bible and a devotion. It'll help you this week. It's all free. If you're shy and you're not, you don't want to do that, you can email startingpoint at thecoastlinechurch.com and a pastor will get back with you within 24 hours. Very important to just make some personal connection about your decision. But if you raise your hand, pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you that today I realize 
how much you love me by sending your son. And I believe in my heart, and I put my faith in this. I believe that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, true son of God, that he was born of a virgin, that he lived a sinless life. I believe he took my death and sin on the cross. I believe that he was placed in a grave and he rose from that grave on the third day. And I believe with all of my heart right now he's coming back for me one day. God, thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy that is flooding my soul right now. Thank you for new beginnings, a fresh start, and a starting point. Challenge me this week, God, to get connected. In Jesus' name, amen. Sweet. Hey, read the story.